Hello and welcome to the exam hall. This is the podcast where I sit down with a guest and we answer questions from what is known as the hardest exam in the world, the All Souls Fellowship exam. My name is Cherry and I am your host. I'm an ex-education professional, soon to be uni student, and I just booked in my holiday and I'm so excited about it. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I'm glad you have not been scared off. Uh, But if this is your first time listening to the podcast, let me get you up to speed. Let me clue you in on what's going on here. All Souls College Oxford is maybe the most prestigious academic institution in the world. Each applicant must sit four three-hour exams, two specialist papers and two general papers, which for the first time in exam hall history is not where we will be drawing our question from today. If you are lucky enough to be awarded one of only two possible fellowships per year, you receive funding and resources for a seven-year period to fund any research project of your choice. To be eligible to apply, you must already hold a degree from Oxford or be currently studying there at postgrad level. However, here at the exam hall, we have no eligibility criteria. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is qualified by virtue of existence. So without further ado, Please join me in welcoming my guest for today's episode. It is the stray cat that crawled through my window using they, them pronouns. It's Tig Red Fern. Hello. What's I'm being, up? I've been silenced by the regime. My <laughs> mic was off for that whole intro and it's very dictatorial. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm vibing. I'm crocheting. So I have something to do with my hands. Uh, and I'm me. Welcome to the exam hall. Ah, I'm here. <laughs> I made it. I'm alive and I'm sitting at a table with you. <laughs> Do I get points for being the most awkward guest so far? Maybe. 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 <laughs> well, welcome. I'm very glad to have you here today. Now, tell me, what qualifications do you have to be sitting here today? and be a guest on this most prestigious of podcasts, the exam hall. And we use qualifications in a very liberal sense. Those may be traditional academic qualifications, or those could be qualifications gained less conventionally from the school of life. I don't believe in qualifications, first of all. That's my first qualification. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm a punk. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, but I watched Across the Spider-Verse and I really liked Toby <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Um, I am a student of freshwater marine biology at the University of Glasgow. Um, I'm going to my second year. I decided that this means that I'm going to answer a question from the English paper. Yeah. Honestly, a big surprise. Mm. I tried to pick a science question, but then like the only ones that I felt quote unquote qualified to answer or like speak on It's, I mean, I feel like qualifications can be used in a very loose sense, safely within the arts and within humanities, a bit more safely than they can be used loosely in terms of sciences. That's very true. I am an artistic wanker. Yeah. I'm like, anyone can do anything. You're like, anyone can do anything. And I'm sat there and I'm just like, if I hear one more person who is not a qualified scientist or conservationist talking about climate change, I am going to burn the world down we don't need to worry about the rising global temperatures because they're gonna rise to 214 degrees fahrenheit that's not it fahrenheit 415 is that it the book 451 yeah fahrenheit 451 451 degrees fahrenheit and i'm going to spontaneously combust the entire fucking world because i'm so sick of people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about talking about shit they don't know about so I'm a great candidate for that's, this podcast. That's a very controversial thing to be saying after I've just said, hey, anyone is qualified. It is, I am very aware. It's like, it's an artistic wanker thing to say that anyone is qualified. And mm. I think to a certain extent, I mean, I work in the arts. Everyone's yeah. qualified in the Well, arts. I think also, I think another thing about it that's interesting, we're already getting off topic. Let's go. But um, I think another thing about it that's a really interesting concept is that like in the, or across the board with the age of technology that we have in a sense anyone is qualified because I can 
rock up. I could have picked a question I knew nothing about, gone and it. done four hours of research and then rocked up and talked about it for two hours and talked yeah. about what I'd learned. And I wouldn't necessarily be as qualified as somebody who'd studied it for four years, but I wouldn't be unqualified because yeah. we are living in an age where we have an incredible access to information and education um, that we didn't previously. That's a, I, I apologize I about the actual. I don't. I don't room. think the mics will pick it up, but there is a Probably cat not. meowing, and I. I do. I really hope the microphones pick it up. Yeah, me too. He might. If he comes over here, I'll pick him up and get him to meow into the microphone for you. But I think that I. 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 I hope that that we can move into a culture where people get a little bit more used to the idea of sitting down and researching something before trying to talk about it. Yeah. Because, which again, bold words to be on this podcast. Yeah, but um, I I do agree with you. When when we do just sort of willy nilly say everyone is qualified, you can end up with uh, shit like Ocean Gate. Um, yes. So. Very very specific to my exact area of expertise. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. This um, is, I'm I'm studying marine and freshwater biology in the hopes of going into tuthology, which is the study of cephalopods and specifically deep sea exploration and deep sea cephalopods because I think that glass octopuses and uh, large fin squid are really fucking cool. Hell yeah. Fun fact: big fin squid have elbows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a fun fact; it's a very disturbing fact. <laughs> well, I'm very glad that. Uh, you are here today with your uh, qualifications and your lack of belief in them and also your belief in the importance of them. I love yep. that. Today's question, for the first time in exam hall history, does not come from a general paper. It doesn't. It comes from the 2021 English Literature Paper 2. Big surprise that you picked this question um, because, as you've said, you are a scientist I'm a scientist and also and I'm about to really show my arse and be incredibly hypocritical here I failed my English GCSE the first time I took it did you I did in my defense English is not my first language (laughs) so true so Um, I feel like it's fair but also this is yeah these are this whole episode is going to be some bold fucking words (laughs) but you know what be bold have the be bold and have the confidence that straight white men do because who the fuck else is going to except for them and they don't deserve it (laughs) very true um yeah today's question comes from english literature paper two it is question 22 and it is is parody disrespectful it is that's the question i mean i will get to whether or not it is okay tell me why why were you drawn to this question um i write well in the sense that there is never any original writing, I feel very confident in saying that nothing that I've written has ever been original. Um, I got started as a writer, as many writers did, although they are loath to admit it in some cases, writing fan fiction on the internet in 2009. Um, wait, 2009? 2011. Um, on good old fanfiction.net. Don't, don't use that site. Everybody use our cover of our own. Donate to the OTW. But I got started writing fan fiction, which is kind of parody. It's not parody, but it is transformative work. Mm. Uh, and transformative work covers fan fiction and parody both. Okay. Um, and I, I just like parody. I think parody is a very important art form. Yeah, I guess the way to start answering this question is, how do you define parody? Let's well, start off with your definition of it, and then I'll pull up like an Oxford Dictionary definition. Well, it's funny that you ask, because I did research and... Uh, wrote my own definition of parody based on a couple different definitions of parody that I saw. Uh, And what I came up with is that parody is a creative, or a parody is a creative work designed to imitate, mock, or comment on its subject matter by way of satire or irony. The subject matter is typically an original work of some kind, fiction, memoir, television, whatever, but it can on occasion and to an extent be a real person, a real event, or some kind of movement. So like a celebrity or a political movement or a concert or something right give give that to me again give that uh, to me again parody is a creative work designed to imitate mock or comment on its subject matter by way of satire or irony okay is the bulk of that so it it's it's inherently comical yes i par if your parody is not funny you're doing it wrong mm. um and i think that well there is Cool, because I also was, when I was looking into this, I came across a bunch of other words, some of which I'd never even heard before 
heard of before. So this was an interesting learning experience for me. Mm. Um, that are linked to or often confused or conflated with parody. Okay. Um, so those are satire, which is kind of parody. Satire is a little bit more biting, I think. Um, and it's a parody. It's specifically of real life things. So you can't yeah. have a satire of a fiction of a piece of fiction. You have a parody of a piece of fiction. You have a satire of you a, a real satire life event. Of a real person. life event. So, for example, uh, the BBC show The Thick of It, which yeah. is only funny if you lived through the real political climate that it was based on. Because I've tried to watch it and I don't remember that, but my <laughs> mom finds it hilarious. Which is where Peter Capaldi got famous. Yeah. Um, but that's a parody of real life. It's a satire of Gordon Brown labor gordon brown in labor or somebody along some labor thing that was happening in the mid aughts politics politics i don't know fuck all about it i just say what my mom says um which i know is like why they're saying don't give 16 year olds a vote but i'm 20 and i still do that so <laughs> i figure some 16 year olds just know better than i do yeah um there is travesty which is essentially a parody that is not necessarily comedic generally is but is like very specifically mean-spirited and designed to right. criticize the thing that it is parodying right. um there is pastiche which is not considered transformative, which means that it is not drawing on a specific work and it is an original piece of work or writing or whatever. Right. There is a skit, which is, or within this context, skit can mean a couple of things, but skit in this context means that it's not transformative and it's also not original, which basically is like, two producers putting on the same script yes and the skit is just doing it in a different way than the original right is the best way that i could figure out that but also okay. i'm confused about that <laughs> that makes sense to me and then there's burlesque which i had heard of but is related to parody in that burlesque originated as a way of turning high quote-unquote high art into low art mm. and making a mockery of it for the kind of entertainment of the populist like the mm -hmm. popular people the, the the people normal fucking people mm. and not art wankers like you <laughs> i'm sorry it's okay i love you anyway i need <laughs> art wankers in my life because otherwise i'm gonna turn into a mad scientist and start trying to <laughs> take over the world with mutant octopuses i mean that sounds fun yeah it would be unfortunately would be it's highly unethical so i won't do it but Aww. sorry um you you said um I think parody is an important thing for our society as it's in response to my first question. Yes. Why do you, why do you think that? Um, well, there's a lot of historical basis for it. Mm -hmm. This is time for more info dumping about things that I find out. Do it. Um, so it was invented the, or the first kind of iteration of parody was invented by a Greek poet and philosopher called Hegemon of Thasos. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, what he did is he started making parodia, which is uh, the Greek word for what he did, which was slightly altering the wording of very well-known poems. So kind of the Greek version of like things like nursery rhymes or right. songs um, to make them stupid or ridiculous. Okay. Um, and so it came from the Greek word parodia, which was para meaning counter against or with and oida, which means song. So mm -hmm. it was a counter song. Mm -hmm. to the original song um so that's like the kind of historical context it grew a lot over the course of life and now it is what it is today most yeah. people know what parody is i feel like have a yeah. good idea of what it is um i think that's also why the question appealed to me because i was like i don't want to do a question that's like really in order for people to know what i'm talking about they need to be qualified in the subject like parody i feel like anyone can talk about yeah well i feel like parody it, it's one of those things that I think people look down on. Parody yes. gets looked down on, on a lot. Definitely. Like when you think about um, like the scary movie franchise oh. and all of the parody movies Love that came them. from that in the sort yeah. of like, I want to say late 2000s. Um, mm -hmm. They get looked down on a lot as sort of low, cheap form yeah, of for sure. um, comedy. I think, well, I feel like parody gets looked down upon as a form of comedy and then comedy generally gets looked down upon by kind of arts circles as being easier to do mm. or less important. It's not. I think comedy is significantly harder and brings significantly more to society than drama does um, because I think that comedy yeah. is always a, is almost always a parody. It's, al it's always some form of commentary Common, on yeah. the world around us in the yeah. way that all art is i think that comedy is always 
almost always a critique and I think that critiquing the world around you is one of the most important things that you could do as a person yeah yeah I I think the reason parody gets looked down on is because there's a lot of examples of cheap crash cash grabs parodies yeah where it's like I think people there's a perception that parodies actually it's just oh it's just ripping off another thing and pointing out that it's it's stupid people say it's less original but actually, well done parody is actually well like, done parody produces the best art gold. of our generation. Like, um, have you seen Airplane? I haven't. It's an it's a film from 1980, and um, it is a parody on kind of like action disaster action oh, films. Gorgeous. Um, and it, there are so many brilliant comedic moments in it. It's mm-hmm. so 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 funny um and it's so well done it's so well done but i watched a really interesting um video essay about this from uh eddie eddie boley oh yeah um and he did like why is why don't we get parody movies anymore and it was talking about how when you look at sort of like airplane and scary movie these movies who started off the trend they were actually well done and then that it started off a trend of movie producers like trying to do it really cheaply yeah well but here's the thing is that i mean i um want one of my points to make about parodies is that one of i think the great actually i think one of the greatest films ever made and in my opinion the greatest parody i've ever watched uh is kingsman the secret service and a lot of people would argue that film is not a parody and it absolutely is but people think it's not because it's self-aware of the fact that it's a parody okay I never, I never. I just said a lot of. I just said. I never thought of it as a parody. Why do you think the Kingsmen? I mean, for anyone listening who doesn't know, tell us about the Kingsmen and why do you think it's a parody? Um. Okay. So, Kingsman: The Secret Service was a film that came out in 2015. It's based off of a Marvel comic of the same name. Um. It is about a uh young working class boy from a a state from a council estate in London who is recruited by a secret agency to work for them in a very james bondy way yeah he saves the world and it is based on it's that genre right yeah and the comics i would not say are a parody the comics are working within that genre the film is beautiful um it's incredible it's got a very star-studded cast it's colin firth as like the main like posh mentor spy uh yeah. taron egerton as Eggsy, the um guy main main your character your man yeah taron egerton as your man Car- taron um, taron egerton as the man uh the main man uh it's got um oh i forget his name i don't remember who plays merlin i don't remember what his name is but everybody knows him he's been in something he's michael kane no it's no oh no he played he plays uh arthur um but uh 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 oh mark strong yes mark strong plays merlin um who i think is i've seen him in like 600 billion things yeah. maybe that's not true for everyone maybe i just no, accidentally he, really in, like he's mark in, strong. he's in a lot he's in a lot he's of one of those british actors that's in yeah a lot. he's one of the, he, he's My, one of those ones one of those ones he's yeah in fucking everything like um like the guy that plays slughorn in harry potter yeah Jim he's Broadbent, in everything in yeah. everything in everything um um yeah one, one of those and it's also got um samuel l jackson as the bond villain one of the reasons that i think it's such a good film and something that's made it such an incredible film is every single person in that film is having the greatest time of their fucking life and it's so obvious samuel l jackson is enjoying himself so much right he's having amazing time like everybody in the film it loves what they're doing and is really excited about being in the film what what do you think makes it a parody so the reason that i would argue that it's a parody is because it plays into every kind of convention of this genre and then makes fun of the fact that it's playing into those conventions of the genre so does parody need a sense of self-awareness i don't think parody does need a sense of self-aware or it doesn't need that kind of meta thing that kingsman has going on where it's 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 not so much like every parody is self-aware it does need a sense of self-awareness but kingsman makes it very obvious that it's a parody because it comments on it within the script right like there is a there's a very famous point at which um the uh villain samuel l jackson uh says uh is this the bit where something 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 and uh taron egerton says this ain't that kind of movie bruv right which they said beforehand of saying because um 
there's there's a conversation that which is very like well done there's an interaction between Colin Firth and Samuel L. Jackson where they're talking about like Bond movies and how uh Samuel Jackson's character always wanted to be Bond and wanted to be the hero right and then uh Colin Firth said that he thought the movies are only as good as their villains and then it's like well look where we ended up because they're both kind of having that conversation where they're right. not saying it but so it's got it's fact. got a sense of self-awareness for the genre definitely okay so would you going back to the question would you say it's disrespectful to the original sort of Bond Absolutely action spy not. films so this is it's well no, I don't think it's disrespectful. I wouldn't read it as disrespectful in any way. I think what makes it so good as a parody and what makes all good parodies good is that it is made out of love mm. for the original genre. Like the uh, the guys that made it are on record. They were talking and complaining to each other about how spy movies aren't fun anymore. And so they said, okay, let's do a fun one. Right. Um, and they made it because they wanted to make a film like the spy movies they watched as kids. Mm. But because they were making it in the kind of, from the position of looking back on those as adults and seeing how completely insane, campy and ridiculous they were, they made it self-aware. They had to. They couldn't yeah. make it not self-aware because they were self-aware. Right. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite films ever. I've watched it. I've watched it over and over again. Yeah. Um, but it's just that it, the love that people that the people that made it had for spy movies and for the original James Bond movies and all of those is what makes it such a good parody. Okay, so do you 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 think to for something to be a parody, it needs a sense of love in it or a sense of appreciation? Not to be a parody, but to be a good parody. Okay, it needs to be made by people who love the thing that they're parodying. You can't make a good parody if you hate the thing you're parodying. Mm. I would disagree. I feel like you could do a good parody. Could, or maybe you couldn't. Like, could you do a good parody with spite for the original thing? I don't think you can understand something and not love it. And I don't think you can make a good parody without understanding what you're parodying. Can you love? Can you understand something and not love it? Hell yeah. I can understand things and not love them. Or maybe not you cannot... Uh, understand something without loving it but you cannot understand something without at the very least appreciating it that's an interesting point because there needs to be an appreciation for there the has thing. to be an appreciation because like Ooh. i wouldn't say i would say that i understand where radical like where turfs are coming from okay and i don't love them but i appreciate the things that the people that originated that movement have been through and the trauma that they experienced. This is getting very off topic. Right. But like their their trans exclusion of exclusionary radical feminism, although it is deeply harmful to me and to my community and to the people that I love, originated from a position of fear and trauma that I can very much understand because i have been through some of the same fears and traumas as the people that originated the movement okay okay i see what you mean i see what you mean so i don't love them but at the same time i kind of do because i want to reach for them and help them and comfort them and make them and like that is the way that they will understand and love yeah. me yeah because i understand and love that this is a weird this no, is a weird no, tangent but to it, have gotten on no to. it is it is but i understand i do understand what you mean yeah i can Okay, I but see back what to you Kingsman, mean. The Secret I, Service. <laughs> back onto parodies. No, yeah. I do understand what you mean. You were sort. You mentioned travesties before, as sort of a more mean spirited thing. Are you yes. saying then the parodies there has to be a sense of appreciation, and they're not so spiteful and mean spirited? It's a bit. Yeah, more I don't think a good parody can be spiteful or mean spirited about the thing that it's parodying, mm. because I think that. I, I mean, I think ultimately, like. The emotion that you are making something with bleeds into the thing that you are making. And I find that to be true for art, but also for like baking yeah. and science and everything. Very true. And so people, like, I don't enjoy things that people, that the people, I will enjoy, I, I, there are things that I don't like that are not for me, that I don't feel connected to, but that I still love and appreciate the beauty of because I can tell that they were made with love. Mm. So. Yeah, that's true. Something. You can you can tell when something is made with love, and it doesn't. It when does. Something is made with love. I mean, it's that whole thing of like B movies, like yeah. or like low budget movies. Yeah, they're always like they're ten times more fun when it's like this movie is bad, 
as a film technically yeah. it's bad but i love it because i can tell everyone's having a fun time doing it everyone's like there's a great time there's a despicably bad movie from uh the 80s it's a slasher fic called a uh, slasher oh a slasher movie slasher. from um uh the 80s called camp sleepaway camp mm-hmm. oh i think i've i think i might it's have seen this, but i don't horrendously bad oh, yeah it's horrendously bad made on a shoestring budget it's ridiculous but i think you can tell that everyone is just having a fun time and yeah. you can tell that there's passion yeah. behind it and it's so stupid that you can't help but love it yeah um but you you can tell when something's sort of cynically made can't you yeah when something's made out of cynicism or like you can tell like i think even like if you look at the like Marvel films that are being made, mm. and here I'm about to get you into legal hot water again. Okay. Um, but like they're soulless because the people that make them, not only do they have that whole thing where they're blacklisting their scripts to avoid quote unquote spoilers, which is bullshit, mm. but also the people that are in them and the people that make them are there honestly for the money. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, they're they're soulless because the people that are in it aren't given the opportunity to care about it, and mm. you can look at like when you look at the the good ones the ones that i would consider to be the best of like the marvel films mm. you look at black panther and you look at thor ragnarok because the people that were making them loved being in them having a good time having a good time put, poured so much love was poured into the set mm. design and the costume design for black panther um they deserved that oscar yeah they deserved they that oscar I, I know it was a very controversial oscar because it was a big budget summer blockbuster action movie but they absolutely deserved it the, yeah the sheer effort and culture and heritage that went into that Mm -hmm. costume department is it was beautiful the question is is parody disrespectful because we sort of said well good parody isn't mean but like if someone made a parody of something you made would you feel disrespectful disrespected i feel like what they're two different things being mean and having having a love for something having a love for something you can still be Disrespectful, disrespectful to it is it par- is it disrespectful to parody something i think it depends i think it definitely depends on the parody um the other thing because like if you go back well, i mean you can look at it if you look at monty python's life of brian right right that was it's one of the best i, I would argue it's a parody it's a parody of christianity right it's a parody of the of the um yeah it, it's a parody it, like it's it's maybe a little bit more satire because it is yeah. technically based on real historical events but like it, it, it depends it depends it depends whether you think the bible is uh sort of a historical document or um a piece of fiction i suppose i mean I, I think it's a historical document but i also think that like no historical document is reliable because everything was written by a person and p- people are notoriously unreliable yeah they are um but you know that's a different that's a very different conversation that i i I'm, that will definitely get you into hot water but like monty <laughs> python's life of brian was banned in many countries for being so disrespectful of Christianity. There were huge numbers mm. of Christians who hated it, who thought it was a disgusting perversion of their beliefs. Well, there's the- that classic TV interview where the vicar says yes. to, uh, I think it's Graham Chapman or John Cleese, well, I, yeah. hope, you've, I hope you enjoy your 30 silver pieces, or whatever, whatever, whatever Judas got. Oh, um, yeah. He basically calls him Judas on yeah. TV truly something that you only care about if you're a christian (laughs) and a very Mm. it's a very it's objectively a very funny thing to say to somebody who doesn't believe in the same thing as you but what all the pythons said about that is no we weren't we weren't saying jesus didn't exist we weren't disrespecting jesus we were saying what if there was someone else what if there was someone else who just coincidentally kind of stumbled into i don't think that the the kind of also like i don't know that i I, I think that it is. I think it is disrespectful of, of Christianity. Um, but it is in the sense of, like, I think that's a really good thing. Because, like, I, I, I think that disrespect also is an important... I, I guess I do think parody is disrespectful because I think that the disrespect is an important part of any... All comedy is disrespectful mm. at its base. That's what comedy is. Comedy is making fun of something. Right, and sometimes you're making fun of yourself, and you're being disrespectful to yourself, and that's fine because it's yeah. you, and you can do whatever and say whatever the fuck you want about yourself. Yeah. Um, but also, like, sometimes you're being disrespectful of a religion, of a community, of whatever. And I think that to think that any any group is above criticism for any reason is unhealthy for society. I think it's 
bad for our critical thinking skills. Mm. Um, I think that comedy, comedy is so important in society because it is the thing that survives through, I think comedy survives through everything. I think comedy, like, yeah. it's that quote that's like, will there be dark times? Uh, or will, will there be singing in the dark times? And it says, yes, there'll be singing and singing about the dark times. Mm. There is always going to be comedy about everything that is happening. Yeah. People can't help. And as make times get darker and harder and more difficult to deal with and we become more and more aware of everything, mm. <laughs> comedy is going to keep getting funnier because we need it's laughter is a release of tension and comedy and horror act on the same human impulses which is to build tension yeah. and then release it yeah and comedy is i think that's why we're, like we're seeing such a horror boom at the moment like i think the the horror genre is really like jordan peele's work um hereditary uh the menu i'm trying to think of others but it's slipping my mind pearl was amazing yeah but like there have been a lot of horror films that have come out in the past few years that are getting they're just they're a lot more a a lot more uh attention and appreciation than we've seen kind of previous that in yeah in recent years at least um and i think that's because horror is providing us with a release of tension that just builds up in our day-to-day lives as Mm. we deal with everything that goes on around us but um to try and not get too off topic uh (laughs) monty python's life of brian i think it's Un, like I think it's undeniably disrespectful. It it is, and I think they I, obviously I can't say that I know what they were thinking, but like I I can't say that I don't think that in part at least they were not trying to get themselves out of trouble a bit by saying, well, we never meant to be disrespectful. I think they kind of did, but I also think that they didn't. Yeah. I I think they didn't realize how disrespectful they were going to be perceived as. Possibly. Um, but I think that the disrespect is a really good thing because it's what feeds the comedy. And also, Christiane is far from above reproach. Mm. And do I you, think... To, to to be making a joke about something, do you have to... Does, does disrespect have to come into that, do you think? Or can you be respectful and joke about something? Or is comedy an inherently disrespectful thing? I think comedy is an inherently disrespectful thing. And I think that disrespect is fundamental... Mm. to our ability to move through life and society mm. and history like what what yeah. what large historical event has not been motivated by disrespect in some form good and bad french revolution that happened due to disrespect i mean it also happened because people were starving but like <laughs> yeah they didn't they, they were starving so they didn't respect the nobles and they killed them <laughs> yeah that's a really good point actually and I think perhaps that disrespect is like, maybe it's um, a case of, yes, this is disrespectful and it's up to you to not have to stick up your ass and, mm. and take, and like, and, enjoy, th- and like, yeah. every, like you, I don't, respect is a big thing and a lot of people really, um, I think you can be respectful feel, of feel something. the need to be respected. So the idea yeah. that you, the idea that someone would parody you or disrespect yeah. you through parody is really like I don't know. You see a lot of knee jerk reactions yeah. to parodies, and I'm like, I, I think always I have I have a lot more respect for people when they're either parodied or made fun of. They sit back and they go, "Yeah, that's funny," instead of yeah. being like, "How dare you say this about me?" I think. Um, well, one of the things like. I think that it's very possible to be respectful and disrespectful of something at the same time. Sure. Because, like, I... It, it comes back to that thing that we always got told in school. I don't know if you got told this in school, but I got told this in school, where teachers would be like, if you respect me, I'll respect you. Yeah, But definitely. that was a fundamental fallacy because they were saying, if you respect me as an authority figure, then I'll respect you as a person. But if I mm. don't respect you as an authority... If you don't respect me as a person, I am never going to respect you as an authority figure. As, yeah. a, as a person either, yeah. let alone as an authority yeah. figure. So it does come down, but I think it's like, you can respect, I think that you have to respect a work to parody it effectively, mm-hmm. but you have to be disrespectful of the work in order to parody it effectively. Ooh. So, because you, it's, it's that thing, like, it, you cannot respect something, you or you cannot love, I don't think you can love something you don't respect. Um, But I think that it, you also 
cannot... If you attempt to love something and never be disrespectful of it, you are doing it a disservice because nothing should be above criticism. And I think that everybody... I think that it's hard to take criticism, but I think that Mm. it's important as a person to be comfortable with it. Yeah. And it's important to be comfortable with being quote unquote disrespected because that is how you grow. And it's also like... Uh, particularly in the arts I feel like people take their art too seriously and it becomes less fun when you take it like taking things seriously makes it less fun yeah you should you should obviously I think there's like a line where it's like you should take yourself seriously and believe in what you're doing but also you shouldn't take it so seriously that you're like this isn't like you run whatever you're running like a military operation yeah like I, th- I I think there needs to be a certain think, element of. I like, think you can believe yourself, believe in yourself without taking yourself seriously. Because I believe in myself, I refuse to take myself seriously. <laughs> I refuse to take very. There are very many things that I refuse to take seriously. Um, and conversation is one of them. Um, but like I, I think also like art generally, I refuse to take seriously because Fair. I. There are like I working in marine biology and working in conservation and ecology and all of and like in this area i become and everybody becomes you become so aware of like there are imminent unavoidable threats to our existence as a species Mm -hmm. art is never going to be one of those Mm. i feel like i because i because i have to grapple with such a like large scale serious mm. thing art cannot be serious to me because but, i can't but deal that's with why i think art serious. is so important we need art we need art to not be serious yeah or just i do i think i take art seriously in that and art very generally any type of creativity art can be baking a cake art can be whatever i think we need art and we need artists because like that without it like what do we have i do think to a certain extent storytelling Mm. is what makes us human yeah we need that and it's so bleak that when you see like the government being like stripping it back it's really bleak and i i think we need art because art is a tool for activism it's a tool for it can be used as a tool for all these things um yeah, we've gotten very off topic. We've gotten very off topic. <laughs> you've, you've touched on the King's Men. Is there any other parody that you sort of, any other pieces of parody that you really look up to as like, this is what good parody is or this is what, um, like any any parody that you, you uh, really look up to and think is... Well, the other thing... Generally that I, good. I, I feel like you can't talk about parody in the modern age without talking about Weird Al Yankovic. He's yeah. the most famous parodist of any like of of the modern era yeah and that's really interesting when you come to this question of can parody be disrespectful because him parodying your song in the music industry is considered a sign of success Mm. and of respect like it's it's a badge of honor to have a song of yours parodied by weird 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 al yankovic because also he does this out of love for the songs he parodies but also out of love for music generally yeah that man is one of if not the most skilled musical musicians composers songwriters Mm. in existence like he's a modern day mozart and i mean that with full seriousness better than mozart and also he doesn't incredible he really doesn't take himself seriously i mean recently he he had his like biographical film which which was inherently a parody of the biopic trend right and it was a parody of himself it was like a parody on multiple levels and he and he loved it and he was he was so excited about that because i and i uh, part of the reason i respect him so much as a person is because he sits there and does his art and refuses to take himself seriously and Mm. says i I am here to be funny yeah i am here to do comedy and comedy is funny and comedy is not serious and i just i love him i do i just love him <laughs> hey Rudolf Jankovic, this is this is a proposal this is a proposal of marriage i have a <laughs> ring in my hand oh, God. <laughs> um where do you think the impulse to parody comes from love yeah I, mean, I think kind of touched on the same thing as we said earlier. I think it I think it comes from the same impulse of when you are watching your partner do the thing that they do every day that never makes sense to you but makes sense in their brain and you point it out and laugh at them about it mm. and they laugh at themselves with you because y- they know that 
you noticing that is a symptom of your love for them. Yeah. I feel like that's, that was that's, that's something really that people love- are gonna, that's pe- that people are going to quote me on that like <laughs> ten years into my career, and I'm going to be like, I have no recollection of saying that because I literally have just forgotten what I said right now. <laughs> that's I'm like, a really lovely way of putting it. No, that's a really lovely way of putting it. Yeah, I think I think you see the people in your life do bizarre and wonderfully characteristic things, and that seeps its way into the art that they make because mm. everybody makes art, uh, and I think that when you love something you understand it in such great detail that you cannot avoid the ridicule of it do you have a sort of parody uh watch list or listen list or just a parody list for any listeners uh yes i would say if you want if you're into parody as a concept or as like a genre then check out the weird owl biopic film that's like a parody on so many levels and it's really meta about it and i love it and his entire music library to be honest and his entire music library but the the biopic is really like it's a it's a piece of film art yeah on it, 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 it's a parody on multiple levels i feel like yeah it's such it's it's a parody of parodies which yeah, is just a parody amazing. of parodies but then also like a parody of the biopic trend but then also uh, like a parody oh. of weird al himself oh i do have another one um it's it's a uh there's a there's a tv series which is like a mockumentary tv series but it's parodying famous documentaries and it oh. is stunning hold on let me let me look it up documentary now documentary now yep they're, they're parodies of some of the world's best known, loving parodies of some of the world's best known documentaries. Each episode is shot in a different style of documentary filmmaking and honors some of the most important stories that didn't actually happen. Oh, it's brilliant. Hilarious. If you're a fan of documentaries, go watch Documentary Now. Um, if you're a fan of parodies, watch the Weird Al biopic. Um, if you're a fan of musicals, the guy who didn't like musicals is incredible. It's on YouTube. It's completely yeah. free. Check out everything Starkid does. But if you like musicals, you probably know Starkid. Yeah, Star- anyway. Starkid have a lot of uh, parody musicals, which is yes. which are very fun. They're great. Um, if you're a fan of horror and you love horror, but you also recognize or you miss the like campy, irreverent vibe that horror and slasher used to have, the scary movie series. Um, and if you love James Bond. Kingsman the Secret Service. I'll add to that parody uh watch list, uh the Cornetto trilogy by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. They're three films, um Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um The World's End. And they're just brilliant brilliant comedies, brilliant parodies, um and that there's so much love in them and I mean, honestly, essential viewing. I love them so yeah. much. I am going to say pencils down. This is the end of the exam. Time is up. Can you give me your thesis statement to the question? Is parody disrespectful? Yes. Fundamentally, parody is disrespectful. It is part and parcel of comedy and of making a parody of something. However, comma. Parody being disrespectful is what makes parody such an important art form because disrespect, critique and criticism of everything around us is vital to the health of us as a species, as a culture, as a community and as a society. That's my thesis statement. Gorgeous. Now, All Souls only allows up to two people every year there have been uh exceptional years there have been years where they have allowed three people in there have been years where no one got in because no one was good enough damn basically very exclusive however horse they're taking themselves too seriously (laughs) however here at the exam hall pod we welcome all we open our doors very widely and allow everybody in so we have reviewed your application we have uh, gone through it with a fine tooth comb uh-huh. and i am thrilled to welcome you into the hallowed halls of the alumni of the exam hall podcast i tripped over my words there sure. how does it feel here's um, your acceptance letter thank you it's a real piece of paper i've been handed um <laughs> very fancy uh, it's so fancy it's got letterhead um yeah 
it's yeah it feels fun i'm so glad i did this and also i'm just glad that i got to spend an afternoon hanging out with you because yeah! you're a friend yeah this is something that we haven't actually yeah! covered but we are we're friends and i love you yeah um now yeah if you get into all souls you are given seven years of funding to complete any research project of your choice you are given a salary you are given board you're given access to study any subject at oxford of your choice and you're given contacts with leading professionals in your industry so kind of the removal of pretty much all financial barriers lots of uh, open doors available suddenly to you if you had these seven years and all this freedom what would you do well um i'm about to take a huge left turn and we're not going to talk about parody at all uh mm. because that has nothing to do with what i study and the field that i work in um if i was given seven years uh the, i i suppose this is in a in a world where presumably i have gotten my master's degree i'm a postgraduate at the very least possibly i yeah. mean it's it's right now <laughs> it's right okay so right now well firstly you i would can, have to you spend can ha- you can have your masters i can have my master because just because because right now if i had that money i would just spend it finishing university <laughs> like i'm i'm in the i'm in the fucking trenches at the moment i'm i'm homeless i don't have anywhere to live uh yeah. in glasgow which is scary um and that's my like big barrier to education at the moment so if i had room and board that would be I, I would just keep do I would keep doing my degree. That'd be delicious. That would be what I would do with it. But if this is in a world where I, I have somehow figured all of this out and I have my masters, um, I would want to use the funding to do a research project into the nervous systems of cephalopods. Um You mentioned cephalopods at the beginning and I nodded along. For people not me. <laughs> Not me, because I know what cephalopods yeah, are. Of course, because you know I'm so smart are. and knowledgeable. Yeah, 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 For yeah, people definitely. listening, what's a cephalopod? Uh, so cephalopod um, is a it's a class. It is a class of animals. So cephalopods okay. are a class under the phylum of mollusca, which is mollusks, um, and it involves uh, octopuses, cuttlefish, squids, uh, nautilidae. Um, but I'm more interested in octopus cuttlefish and giant squids nautilidae are like shelled cephalopods right um i'm i don't give a fuck about that the the weird slimy tentacled shit at the, the bottom weird, of the slimy ocean tentacle shit deep deep down in the ocean deep um they are well they're very interesting creatures so yeah. i would love to research them anyway um but part of the reason that i would like to conduct research into their nervous systems is because they have nervous system they have very interesting uh makeup okay uh nervous makeup um they're they have a central brain and then each limb uh particularly with octopuses i'm not so sure about squids i i I care about octopuses i want to study octopuses i say i want to study cephalopods i want to study octopuses um they're they have a brain and then each limb has essentially it's it's similar to a human spinal cord but the limbs move and quote-unquote think independently from the brain okay so they have a uh they have nine nervous systems um which is really cool for each yeah so one for each limb and then the brain right whoa i've just blown your mind i'm about to blow your mind even more what so are their tentacles conscious kind of let me make things infinitely worse. Okay. Um, so as well as having these semi-independent nervous systems um, in each limb, when octopuses lose a limb, they can regrow that limb and regrow the entire nervous system in that limb. And the reason that I'm specifically very interested in this is because it means that potentially... That research could lead to new ways of thinking about the way that we treat neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. Whoa. Like, yeah, I'm going sci-fi with this shit. Um, like Alzheimer's, like This is like some MS. Jurassic Park shit. Um, and also it could change the way that we think about how we treat spinal cord injuries um, and traumatic <sighs> brain injuries. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I, 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 I know a lot of people. What? that suffer from crazy answer what a cool answer yeah 
Hey, all souls. I'll be waiting on that check. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, unfortunately, I will literally never be eligible for all souls because I'm in sciences and all souls is only eligible to people in humanities and arts. Yeah, they, um, the sort of specialist papers, let me grab it up. The specialist papers are only, yeah, the, the all souls does not offer any STEM specialist subject papers so you can only do classical studies economics english history law philosophy and politics um i don't know if that means you can't do scientific research maybe i should test out i'll go and do i'll go and do my postgraduate at oxford we'll, um, we'll see and what then they say. i'll uh, apply for it and i guess i'll take the english paper and i guess see what happens i mean i can imagine that the purpose is that it is significantly easier to get grant funding for scientific research than it is for other types of yeah. research. Um, because people have a vested interest in scientific research in a, in a much... And scientific research, I feel, yields much more concrete results. Yeah. Um, we can point to the scientific research efforts that have led to cancer treatments, that have led to battling climate change, yeah. that have led to things that are undeniably good for society. And yeah. I think it's harder to do that with humanities and arts. Stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've kind of touched on it already with you saying that you're kind of homeless for your next year in Glasgow. Yeah. What sort of barriers have you faced in education um, that something like All Souls could mend or aid with? That something like All Souls could mend, obviously the most immediate that comes to mind is the homelessness. Um, if I... Yeah. Money would if i had the money just just like it's it's the, the you get room and board right you get yeah. to live there yeah um if that wasn't a concern for me i would be able to well in a very scary sense and this by the time this comes out i will know for certain um but also in a very scary sense in the next week i might have to defer a year in my degree wow i might have to drop out completely that you know deferring a year is going to affect my funding um, I might have to drop out of university completely. Everything's very up in the air in a very, very scary way for me right now. Wow. Um, what makes things even more frustrating for, about that is that I have friends who I won't, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but um, I have friends, people I know who are not facing these same issues because their parents are in a, let's call it a different financial situation to my parents and a different financial situation to me, uh, who... And this is a reductive way of looking at success, but they don't get as good grades as me. They don't work as hard as I do. Mm. Um, and they're not as good at stuff as I am. It sounds like a dick thing to say, but it's just a fact, really. Or, like, it's just, it is a, it's, it's, a, it's a fact of my existence that, that, that I've found that I have to work harder than that other need, people. That need isn't there. Yeah. The need to work hard is The need to achieve, uh, because if you don't, then you're... The loved. need to be exceptional. Yeah. I have to be exceptional and in a lot of ways I feel like I I feel that I need to be exceptional because in a way I mean I watched the the kind of I watched the Barbie movie recently and it the, I don't think this I wouldn't consider this a spoiler for this but if you haven't maybe like skip the next I don't know 30 seconds or something um but in that they kind of cover that need that Barbie gives for like you can be anything but Barbie is the president Barbie is an astronaut and Barbie is all these incredible things she's never just a normal woman mm. and I think that being non-binary also has an effect on that because obviously people see less of non-binary people in the yeah. world and I feel like I have to be better and be extraordinary to make up for the fact that I'm You have to deviant. be the, the perfect and the shiny yes. example. Um, and that's that's hard. But I think yeah. most of all it's just, it's a financial barrier. I think a lot of things come down to finance. Um, another thing that impacts it a lot that I don't know that All Souls would necessarily be able to help with, but um, academic writing is not easy for me. It's not accessible. Part of that is due to whatever the fuck is going on with my brain. I've given up mm. on figuring that out. It's possibly ADHD. It's possibly autism. It's possibly a bunch of different things. But, you know, I it's I find it very difficult. Um, I find it... I, to be fair, nobody likes reading or writing academic papers. That's a fact of academia. <laughs> but citations I find really difficult to parse and do. Um, I feel like once you get to the point where there are programs to do citations for you, it's time to give up on the format. Um, 
especially in the new digital age, I feel like citations should just be links. Like you can embed a hyperlink into your text. True, but then there's a whole there's and a then, whole thing of like um yeah. and maybe you can have like a little links going one. dead and all that and true. how sustainable that is for the future. That's very true actually. I mean there's that my history teacher bring this up a lot, talking about that um digital there is, there is fear that yeah. this era of history, although we have so much information because digital uh is less it it, it goes redundant it it's it's redundant not concrete so it go it come becomes redundant so quickly there's a lot of fear that uh we'll lose yeah. a lot of accounts but yeah i i think academic I, writing is a very difficult thing to hack uh but yeah it's uh, i feel like it is there's definitely a financial barrier there that also couldn't solve because i feel like academic writing becomes more accessible the more access you have to academia as growing up yeah which and, obviously and that's a traditional traditionally kind of exclusively for the yeah, middle up, and upper classes upper and middle classes um, um i mean it, yeah it is inherently and i, I think ex, ex, yeah. excluding it frustrates me as well because i look at it and i know so many people who could be a part of this world and could contribute and make amazing waves but don't because and it's it's really stupid because there I feel like there's a there's a there there is an emphasis on phrasing and explaining things in a certain way in academia that is actually proving that you are not like being able to explain something to a seven-year-old is the greatest test of your understanding of something Mm. if you can explain something to a child you can explain it to anyone Mm. In academia inherently has all these sort of arbitrary barriers yeah well, you could argue arbitrary but then again someone could also make the counterpoint no we need to put these in place to make sure that people are thorough and whatever side of the line you fall on there's a lot of i think um arbitrary is maybe not the best word because they're very intentional yeah yeah they're intentional intentionally placed barriers uh to to gatekeep to gatekeep to gatekeep information Stop us ugly and discovery from <laughs> going to university gorgeous tyke thank you so much for being here today before i uh send you away onto your rocky waters onto the rocky waters of academia that uh you will find is definitely profoundly changed by your experience and conversation oh, that you've had course, on yeah, the most definitely. prestigious uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. podcast in the world the sure, example podcast sure, 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 sure. Uh, is there anything you would like to shout out promote any final words of wisdom you have for us um final words of wisdom uh never trust anybody that claims to have authority in anything or over anything well um, but yeah Tyg, thank you very, very much for speaking to me today. I thank will you now. So much for ha- yes, this in- very much did not suck. I had an amazing time. Um, and everybody, listen out because I'm going to get my mum on this podcast one day, and she's <laughs> going to come talk to you, and she's going to be amazing because she's the coolest person in the world ever. Everybody should say. And the, are there comments on podcasts? No. Oh well, if there are comments on this podcast by the time this comes out, everybody get in the comments and give my mum some love because she's really cool, and I wouldn't be here without her. Oh so, yeah, shout out my mum. She's awesome. Thank you. And also shout out Cherry for making a really cool podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting! No! No! And that's it. (laughs) Before I do my usual sign-off, Tyg has asked me to highlight the Mermaids Charity, which is a British charity working with transgender and non-binary youth and their families. The link to the Mermaids charity will be in the description of this episode. So if you want, you can go and learn more. And if you are able to, you can donate. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Exam Hall podcast. If you want to stay updated with the Exam Hall, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Exam Hall pod. And while you're there, if you want to stay updated with me, Cherry, your host, you can find me at Cherry the Eckle on Instagram and Twitter and Cherry Eckle on YouTube. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode of the exam hall, please get in touch. I would love to talk to you. I want to get everyone's opinions. Give them to me. Uh, You can click the link in the description, which will take you to an expression of interest form or get in contact on social media. I promise you I'm friendly and I won't bite. 
Um, I want to give a very, very big shout out to Boundless Theatre, whose support has made this podcast possible. Um, And I want to give a very, very big shout out to you, the listener. Thank you for listening. That's very, very nice of you to do. Um, If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. Share it with your friends and family. Um, Any support is greatly appreciated. It really goes a long way. I hope uh, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, you are having an absolutely fan-fucking-tastic day. Um, And I'm going to leave you now to get on with it. See you at the next one.